0: learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee or in my case tea and join us as we fellowship.
1: The last couple months in the last couple of weeks we've been uh, really meditating on the character of God like we said and we went down from his sovereignty all the way through his patience his justice his wisdom and we have been love. his love. That's right. We focused on that very heavily as far as loving him, loving our neighbor and then loving ourselves, and how that translate to, to us. So hopefully we have made God big enough to see ourselves as small enough to be used. And I say that on purpose, like. The, the more we talk about God and the bigger we make God, the smaller we are to see ourselves in our own eyes in comparison to God so that we can humble ourselves enough for God to use us and really make us a blessing. So it's like this this season has really caused us to really like humble ourselves with the pandemic, with the having us be locked up, with, with not being able to have control like we're normally able to um, to live this life. That now we are pliable in God's hands and now we're able to be used uh, in a way that we probably wouldn't be able to use otherwise. So um, that's the goal. The goal for us is to be growing in grace, growing in grace <laughs> um, and growing in the knowledge of God and uh, knowledge is power. So the more we know God, the closer we get to God, the more he can use us. So we thought it would be pertinent for us to talk about the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit are the evidence of God's presence and God working in your life. See, a lot of people can say, you know, they're Christians, they're believers. You know, we, we have this uh, this religious facade that has really been like broken and torn down through this whole thing. Like church is not the same. Uh, people are not. It, people are trying to find their way and their walk with God in very unique ways now. And now it's going to be the time where we're going to have to live. Like we were we're believers. And that's not just lip service. That's not just like, oh, yeah. Like you said, I did my due diligence. I prayed today. I did my devotion. I went to church. I did this. Um, But the Lord is calling us higher and it's more of a responsibility that we have to um, to the relationship that we have with the Lord. A lot of it is nonverbal. I mean, this crazy thing about this whole thing. Now everybody's wearing masks. I don't know about you, but it's been very difficult for us to even recognize each other anymore. And I know about you, but it's been hard for us to really communicate too, because we don't realize how much nonverbal signals we need to be able to understand each other. Yep. Right? We need that. You need the, what the mouth looks like. You need to see the smirks and things like that and the facial expressions and micro expressions, because that kind of helps us to be able to determine motive. Determine the t- intentions, you know, determining people being straight with you or not, because, you know, that micro expressions, you know, she's a detective, <laughs> so she can see the micro stuff and all that. But all that stuff has been kind of challenged. But and, even yeah.
0: even just connecting with people, yeah. like you just walking in the store and you get a smile from somebody right. that works there to know, OK, they work there mm-hmm. or they're here to help
1: or they're a friend or they're approachable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same thing in the spirit. And I want to encourage all of us that um, the non what what is your spirit speaking nonverbally? Like what is your life saying without words? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about our character, building our character and how we can grow to be better individuals, better human beings and, and most importantly, better servants of God. And that means, you know, you are in fellowship with him and people will be able to meet Jesus by meeting you. That's what we're really trying to help encourage us in this season to take our knowledge of God that we've acquired and all the characteristics of God and now apply them to ourselves and now help somebody else find their way to the Lord. All right. So that's basically what we wanted to mm-hmm. wanted to talk about.
0: So, again, like I, I have a sentiment just in dealing with um, who we are in Christ and growing and becoming more and more like him. And living this thing out, you know, I mentioned it last week and, you know, I kind of mentioned it from time to time how we can get caught up in what we're supposed to do and our yeah. behaviors. And while our behaviors should be reflecting our heart's condition and our relationship with, with God, we can't control our behaviors as much as it is God in us absolutely dictating how we conduct ourselves So, and just keeping in line with what we, you know, John just introduced and like the direction that we want to head into, you know, I just kind of want to remind us, um, I was reading Galatians five and, you know, the fruit of the spirit, the the passage about the fruit of the spirit is at the end of that chapter. But the beginning talks about freedom in Christ. Mm -hmm. So we come to the knowledge of Christ. We have acknowledged, we have accepted and received salvation. We've received Christ into our hearts, into our lives. We've invited him to sort of take control. So now we're left to living it out and what that means, what that looks like, our our day-to-day daily lives, Mm -hmm. um, our interactions with people, and even ourselves with our minds. So when I was reading Galatians, I thought it was interesting how the beginning of it dealt with the freedom in Christ. Now, Paul is talking to the Galatians and he's basically saying, you received this freedom, now stand fast in that liberty. Galatians 5 and 1, I'm, I'm gonna read it in the easy to read version. It says, we have freedom now because Christ made us free. So stand strong in that freedom. Don't go back into slavery again. Mm. So the slavery he's talking about is the bondage, the, the Christians in Galatia, uh, somebody has sort of infiltrated the congregation and sort of told them they needed to go back to circumcision. That was the way that they were going to be fully saved. Mm -hmm. So circumcision was what, uh, set the Jews apart from
1: Gentiles to so just to think about it like that, too. So so like circumcision, we all know what circumcision is in the natural Where circumcision would kind of be like regulations or certain things that we've seen, like, you know, dress codes right. or rules or things that make you look a certain way or that set you apart a certain <clears> way so that people can when they look at you on the outside, they see, oh, that's one of them. So there, there was somebody, like you're saying, there was somebody that came in. Right. They were telling them that they had to be circumcised, right. like
0: actually circumcised. But Paul is saying, no, we're in a different covenant. Now Now we're in the space where Christ has come. He's died. He's, he's made that reconciliation with God. Mm-hmm. So now we're not bound to the law, as it were, with Moses, because right. now we're bound through Christ's blood. So now there's no need for circumcision physically, but there is a need for circumcision in your heart. Mm. But that comes through Christ. Once right. you once you receive Christ and you live with Christ, now you're 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 circumcised within the heart, mm-hmm. and that's the key to to living this life and walking this thing out. So he says, don't go back into slavery again. So don't be bound to what religion has said. Looks like salvation.
1: That's so good. Yeah.
0: We're not, we're now not bound to the rituals and the traditions that, and while some things are necessary to sort of set parameters and sort of set guidelines, we're not bound to the traditions or the rituals of what we were supposed to do in the past. Now it's a relationship with Christ.
1: And you know what? Just to add on that, it's kind of like what you were saying last week. You know, a lot of a lot of us as human beings always try to figure out a way to do things on our own. You know, we're always trying to perfect ourselves, always trying to kind of the story with Noah. Right. Right. I'm going to have a good day today and I'm going to do it in all my strength and I'm going to do it. And so what happens is you create um, uh, almost like a religion yourself, like you create a ritual, uh, you create your own guidelines that could present itself as an obstacle and really being able to walk in the freedom that you need to be able to have a good day right you know what I mean because it's impossible for you to have a good day because you can't control all the variables of what a good day entails you can't you can barely control yourself you can't control what your boss does you can't control what the weather's going to be you can't there's too many other things or too many it's too risky to try to do all that on your own you're just setting yourself up for frustration so that's kind of like what I wanted to add as far as you know bringing that Uh, more to light and making it more tangible for people who may think like this, this this is something that we all struggle with.
0: Right. So then at the end of right before he talks about the fruit of the spirit, he talks about the flesh and the fruit of the flesh and how, when he's talking about being circumcised, he says, if I preach that, Mm -hmm. then that means the grace of God is of no effect. So basically if you circumcise yourself, then you're binding yourself to the law. So the grace of God or the grace that Jesus brings is of no effect. So you don't get to participate in the grace because you're bound to the law. So, you know, I just wanted to encourage Mm -hmm. everybody, including myself to not be bound to the law And to be bound to what we think or what we've been taught are the signals Mm -hmm. of having a relationship with Christ, the Mm -hmm. dress code, the rituals and and Mm -hmm. those things. But rather now we're partaking in the grace of Christ and through receiving his spirit, the fruit that comes with it will be evident. You know, he talks about committing sexual sin, being morally bad, doing all kinds of shameful things, worshiping false gods, taking part in witchcraft, hating people, causing trouble, being jealous, angry, or selfish, mm. causing people to argue and divide into separate groups, being filled with envy, getting drunk, having wild parties, and doing other things like this. Mm. I warn you now, as I warned you before, the people who do these things will not have a part in god's kingdom mm. that's what our flesh allows us to do
1: and it's fruit it's the fruit of what you're feeding, you know right. like it's it's the offshoots of what your life is producing it's producing the desire to do those things, and that's why I think we can't judge people in that sense. I think a lot of times we try to fix people, and only God can fix people those acts and those things that all of us have done at at some point in our lives, we have done one and two or three or five or all of them things. Right. But this is where, like you're saying, babe, the grace part comes in where God is not, God has created a remedy for the need to fulfill those desires. And that comes with us having a real relationship with the Lord. So now that the part of us that would feed our flesh is being starved. And now our spirit is being fed. So now the fruit that comes as a result of that changes. So now instead of lying, it's like, Nah, I I can't. I got to just tell the truth and just deal with the consequences. I I can't. I can't. I can't trust that God's grace will cover. Right.
0: Either allow the grace will allow me the strength to deal with the consequences. That's real. Or sometimes the grace is coupled with mercy and you don't get the consequences. (laughs) Right. Because you acted. In the integrity and in and and the fruit that was
1: evident. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And and I think (laughs) that that made me laugh because that's so good. Because a lot of times we're trying to protect ourselves from whatever consequences God may allow. See, that's the thing. Like God is good, but God don't always do what feels good. You know what I mean? So so I'm sure of us. We've prayed. We've asked God for stuff. We've done things, and you know we try to help God help us. Help God bless us. Help God and all that. And we may cut corners and do this because we're human. But at the same time, trusting God really means trusting him regardless of the consequences. So if that means something bad is going to happen. We trust in the grace and the mercy. And it's like, Lord, all right. But I, I know that I told the truth. So that's great.
0: So that, that kind of leads us to the fruit of the Spirit. I know mm-hmm. you wanted to say something before. We're probably not going to start the fruit until next yeah. week mm-hmm. because we, we kind of wanted to, you know, bring about the introduction. Yeah. Um, you know, and just kind of like what I'm sure at some point we'll delve into or maybe like intertwine throughout. Mm-hmm. We'll deal with what walking in the Spirit means mm-hmm. because basically this whole passage, this whole chapter is, is, is highlighting walking in the Spirit. What that looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you're not we're not bound by what tradition or religion in the natural sense brings. But we're walking in the spirit because walking in the spirit is what will bring about the fruit that comes with it. That's evident. So what is the spirit? Who or who is the spirit? Mm -hmm. And what does walking in the spirit look like? And what does it mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, that's that's definitely something will, you know, be exploring Mm -hmm. um, along with the fruit and examining and looking at what the fruit is rather and what it
1: means. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is really going to, I believe this is going to really help us. Many of you who are um, growing in the Lord and many of you are, who are seeking a deeper revelation of the Lord. Many of you who've just come to the Lord, God bless you. We are so excited about what the Lord is going to do in your life because it's going to help us understand how to walk freely with the Lord. Some of you who, who know us, we grew up with, there's a lot of rules. there was a lot of things that, that were good, right? Because the, the intention of them were to help encourage us to live a life that was separate from the world. But at the same time, like we've been saying, it's a slippery slope because you're not going to be able to maintain perfection in your own. Not according to God's standards. I mean, because God's standards takes in consideration what you're thinking. And many of us can't control our thoughts. We could be praying and thinking about awful things at the same time. So it's not this is this is the realm of holiness. And this is when we say holiness, that word has a connotation of almost pushing people away or making people feel like they're not good enough to come to church or they've messed up too much to be able to have a relationship with God. And that is the most insulting thing you can say to God, because the Bible tells us that God came down in flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. To make it possible for us to have a relationship with God for whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So that whosoever means a person who messed up all their life and on their deathbed decided to give their life to the Lord. And the person who was born saved and preached their whole life and died and went to heaven. That's the range of God's love. So none of us can look at each other and boast and feel like we're better because at the end of the day we're all filthy rags. And if it wasn't for the grace of God we would all be lost and hopeless. Absolutely. So that's the point. So, so in order to, to kind of help us understand basically the law of the spirit and walking in the spirit, we must first understand what the law is. Okay. We all know what the law is. We all heard about it. The Ten commandments. Okay. The law basically was these rules that God gave his people so that they can understand who he is and they can see themselves as he sees them raw. Mm-hmm. Right. So God chooses people and he says, all right, y'all going to live for me. Y'all going to be my people. Now, this is all I want y'all to do. These are the rules that I want y'all to follow. These are rules that I want y'all to do. Okay, I want you not to kill. I want you not to steal. I want you not to commit adultery. I want you not to do this and that, not to do this and that. Okay. and it's 10 commandments, but they're really hundreds. But 10 basically summarize the, the whole of the law. The Ten Commandments. The Bible says something very interesting about the Ten Commandments in that um, the Ten Commandments were designed and given to us to prove that we could not keep them. If we pull up the Ten Commandments and we go through them, if we think about those rules that God has placed in. God is not just judging us for the physical withholding or the physical abstaining of doing those things. He's holding us to the standard of not thinking about those things either. So what God calls killing is not just physical. It's it's also if you hate your brother, it's also killing with your tongue. It's also thinking, wishing people dead in your mind to God. You did it. It's not just looking at somebody because they fine and you love them and you want them. It's when you desire them and you've had them in your imagination, then you've done it. So you've committed adultery and you've already killed. Stealing is not just going and shoplifting or uh, doing Ocean's Eleven heists. Stealing is sometimes taking somebody's pen when they let you borrow it and you don't give it back. Like There's a standard of holiness that God has that is so extreme to us. This is what the law did. The Bible says that the law came to basically show us what sin was because we didn't know what it was to show us what sin looked like to God. The Bible says that if they disobeyed one commandment to God, they disobeyed all of them. So with God, it's always been all or nothing. That's how holy he is. That's how perfect he is. So the law was created to show us guilt, which is why when Jesus comes, Jesus fulfills the law. Like we talked about wisdom of salvation. He fulfills the law by putting on manhood while keeping his Godhood intact and fulfilling all of the laws that we could for us so that when we have faith in him. We are seen through him to God. This is why it's so important to have a relationship with Jesus, because that's our access point to God. So when God sees us messy, dirty, unforgiving, bitter, whatever we we are and all of us are something that when we give ourselves. To God and we trust the work of Christ, and we say, No, I believe that Jesus is my Savior, and we live that way, and we cause his character to become our character, then God starts seeing us like he sees Jesus. So that's really what the law, the law did, was the law was a death sentence so to speak. It showed us our frailty. 2 Corinthians 3, 2 through 6, this is easy to read Bible, and this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. No, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts. It is known and read by all people. You show that you are a letter from Christ, and I'll go into that, what that means, that he sent through us. This letter is not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is not written on stone tablets like the Ten Commandments were, but on human hearts. And then he goes into saying, I can say this to you because through Christ, we feel sure before God. And I don't mean that we're able to do anything on our own. We ain't good, but it's just by the grace of God that we're able to share this gospel with you. It is God who makes us able to do all that we do. He made us able to be servants of a what new agreement. So the old agreement was the Ten Commandments and all the laws of Moses. The new agreement is the law of the spirit. It is not an agreement of written laws, but it is of the spirit. And then the Bible says the written law brings death, but the spirit gives life. The written law brings death, meaning if God held us to the standard of the Ten Commandments, it would only lead to death because we can't in our own strength fully do everything that God's calling us to do because the standard is too high for us. So the many times that many of us probably thought things about whatever this week. Even right now, how many of the Ten Commandments have we broken just in the last five minutes of sitting here? How many did we break yesterday? How many did we break the day before? And God didn't want us to have to live like that over and over and over again. And like you said last week, um, with, with, the, with the blood of bulls and of goats and all that. Back in the days, they had to sacrifice animals. Every day, every year, they had to sacrifice animals because blood was required for the sins of men. Imagine how many poor animals had to get killed to satisfy God's holiness. And it wasn't even them. It was the priest doing it. Right. So he was doing it on behalf of the people. So you
0: didn't even have access to even make any kind of sacrifice or offering Mm -hmm. to God because it was the priest that had to do it. Now that Christ has come, the veil is ripped and now we have access. It's amazing.
1: It's amazing. if, if,
0: if, If you are bound by one part of the law, you'd be bound by all of it. But Christ came and the law has been eradicated. So now
1: we're able to walk in grace. Amen. Amen. This is supposed to show us, first of all, the grace of God. And that God will go through all of these lengths just to have a relationship with you and me. The creator of the universe would condescend to us, human beings, create us in his image and likeness and create a way for us to be able to have a relationship with him. And not a churchy one, not a religious one, but a real one.
0: That's so good. I think the older I get and the the more I experience life, the more apparent the need for just a true, authentic, intimate relationship with God is. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really all that we have. And I think this year in particular has proven that that we cannot rely or depend on anything or anybody else true. except God. So I am so grateful that he allowed a plan. And that plan included us, a plan of reconciliation back to him through Christ's blood.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: And now we can experience the freedom that comes with that life.
1: That's right. That's right. It was Christ that set us free and we are to walk in that freedom. Amen. Amen. So I'll say a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity. That you allowed us to come together again to share that that you placed on our hearts for the edification of your people. We pray, Lord, that those things that were said would be a blessing that would draw us closer in our relationship with you and allow us to walk freely as you've always intended. This is our prayer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us for part one of Walking Freely in Christ. We pray that you are really being edified and blessed by what you're hearing, not only this week, but in the podcast um, in general. Please don't forget to join us next time. Don't miss it. For part two, as we go even deeper and explore God's truths. God bless.